Welcome to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. P3, P3. Okay, Hey, he's got another podium. Who would have thought? We talk race reviews, news from the paddock, and bring you everything from the world of Formula One. And something to limit the problem. Congratulations. Well, change your car. You've got a problem. Change your fucking car. And Jim, you change your car because Checo has been saying the car is fucked. And now your hosts, Drew, Walker, Ed, and Tomas. Welcome back, everybody, to Park Ferme, the Canadian Formula One podcast. We are here with myself, Drew, and my homeboy from the Lithuanian bunker, Thomas. What up? What um, up? What up? What up? Actually, it's just going to be the dynamic duo today. We have our uh, our homeboy Walker out in Austria doing all the Austrian things, and um, our homeboy Ed is uh, unavailable at the moment, wishing his little man uh, all the health. So. Let's get rolling here. Um, we just came back from Spa, and um, Thomas, what did you think about the race, my dude? The race was not really what I expected. I thought it was uh, a pretty decent race overall. Uh, spa being Spa, unqualifying, it rained. We on the race day, we had a few drops as well. Uh, so yeah, not what I expected from the last couple uh, couple years. Uh, overall, it was a decent race. Um, I expected more action. To be honest, um, wasn't enough action for me. This this whole season is a little bit slow, I should say. Um, surprise, surprise! Max won yet again. Who would have thunk? And um, yeah, those those are my thoughts, man. I was was hoping for a more interesting race than that. What about I'm you? With you, I'm with you, a hundred percent, dude. I was hoping for more. Was it a good race? You know what? Having Max start with the five place grid penalty gave me hope i thought that like maybe something funky was gonna happen i knew like going into turn one that like maybe there might have been an opportunity for like you know carlos signs to maybe crash into the back of him instead of piastri you know something like that um but i did i followed max very closely on the first three or four turns because that's when things get hectic and you know he mentioned in an interview beforehand that like he just has to keep himself out of trouble for the first couple laps and um, and then he knew he was going to win the race. And I think everyone else did, too, which brings me to my first point. Do you think everybody's just fucking bored with Formula One as it is with Max winning? From my circle of friends that I speak to and basically, let's say nine out of ten of us agree that, yeah, it's, it's getting to that point where it's where it's boring. Um, there's no competition. It's max, 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 max. And, you know, you're almost, uh, you're going into this race expecting, you know, something great, but in the back of your mind, there's a 99% chance that max is going to win. And so far that has been true. And, um, it's, it's boring. It, it honestly is boring to watch. Um, Something has to give. Something has to change. I'm pretty sure you mentioned it last episode. You know, he has to have eventually an engine failure or a transmission failure or something. He just can't keep dominating because he keeps on dominating like this. Formula One is gonna, in my opinion, is gonna lose a lot of 
fans because it's just I'm sorry, it's just not going to be interesting to watch anymore. If if you know you're winning a race by three or four seconds, that's one thing. But once you're 35 seconds, you know, from from the second car, like, come on, like, it's not even a race. That's just just it's killing it at this point. I'm with you. It, it, OK, let me ask you this question, then. Do you think it is more or less boring than when Lewis Hamilton was just dominating? Great question. Um, going back because he dominated from he dominated for most of it too, right? Like yeah. it was. I would yeah. I would say it was pretty fair as far as the domination is concerned. But like, you know, I was just getting into Formula One pretty heavy in like the 2014, 2015, which was like right in the middle towards the end. Well, yeah, I guess right in the middle of the uh, Lewis Hamilton domination. But I I still remember there being chances of yep. things happening, right? Like I'm yep. gonna. I'm going to put that out there to a couple of things. I'm assuming that it's because, you know, the um, the hybrid engines had are, were still newer-ish and there was still a lot of, like, engine failures. There was a lot of things taking, you know, um, the, the Mercedes out of the race for other reasons. But I think at this point that, like, all the constructors have just found, you know, the right things. Is like, there's not a lot of DNFs as far as the engine's concerned, you know, Haas aside from that. But, like... For the most part, most of these guys are, are finishing the race if they're not crashing. Yeah. Right. And, so like, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, you know, it, it's one of those things that like now that the cars are indestructible virtually and now that the engines aren't failing in any sort of fashion, like when, when this, te- when a team and the team happens to be Red Bull now, when they start dominating, like unless the FIA, in my opinion, steps in, I don't think that there's going to be enough closing of that gap to make Formula One entertaining for the fans again. I agree. Um, going back to the beginning when, when Mercedes was dominating, yeah, I, I was getting tired of it too, and I was rooting for Max or Red Bull. Come on, let's win, you know, something different. But now, as you said, you know, they weren't dominating that crazily. Uh, now Max is just on a whole new level, and he's just killing it. And you know what? It's... It's an impressive to a point, but this is too much. It's again, like you said, there's no no competition. People, are, the racers are competing for second, third, fourth, fifth. And no one, no one's really competing for fifth anymore or for first anymore. I'm sorry, but they they, they deep down themselves know that Max is gonna win. And uh, as you said, it the engines got reliable, uh, the gearboxes got reliable. You know they. Pirelli came out with new tire compounds. There's, there's, I don't think we had a single blowout or a random puncture. Um, so everything's just getting better and better, and which is kind of good for for the race. It keeps it more consistent, but it, it takes a little bit of action away. It takes that um, that competing away as well. So uh, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna. From the people that I speak to, even non Formula F1 fans, they keep on saying that. Um, you know, what's the point? I, I had a few people say, what's the point to watch it if, you know, Max is, is dominating and winning these races? And I, and you know what? I, I can't argue with them. There's, you know, if I was new to the sport and coming into this and knowing, you know, that Max won, Max won, Max won, and he won by pretty big margins, you know, I probably, I probably have the same thought process and say, well, you know, next race, Max is going to win again. So what's the point of watching? Yeah, like imagine if if we were watching a hockey game and you know that every time a team stepped on the ice that they were going to win and not just win, win by a lot, you'd stop watching it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you totally stop watching it. I want to go back a little bit to to Spa as 
a racetrack. Like I know there was a little bit of controversy going on, especially with like, you know, when they're they're trying to fit more races into a calendar and they want to make sure that the the races that they do have in the calendar are the right ones. Spa came up into question of whether or not they're going to continue to race here. Recent um, tragedy that happened in another uh, motor class um, at Spa recently. That's why I think personally the FIA was super diligent um, in, you know, taking them around. And like, I felt like half of the race was under, was it the race or the sprint race? That was, oh, it was a sprint race. Sprint race. That was like, you know, started under the safety car, rolling start, that kind of thing. And like, I actually really enjoyed the sprint race. I thought it was a lot of fun. And to have that little lapse, you know, knowing what was going on, I thought it was very interesting how the tires played into that because they all started on the wet tires and they went around and around and around until the FIA decided like, okay, let's bring that safety car in. Let's get these guys going. And immediately every single one of the teams had to pit at least one of their drivers. I thought it was going to be a mess in the pit lane and it was a mess in the pit lane. And that was awesome. Oscar pitted really early, did well, came out first. I think he led for like five laps, which was two laps further than I thought he was going to lead for. Max, you know, was biding his time. He knew it was going to happen eventually. And um, as that racing line dried up, you know, he was screwed. Nothing, no one could do anything about it. But I thought it was a super interesting play. And I guess my question to you is, A, what do you think is going to happen with the wet tires? And B, do you think that Spa has any future left in Formula One? with what's happened there in the last couple of years? Uh, I'm going to start off with B. Uh, I, I hope to God that Spa continues to be on the racetrack calendar. It's it's such a cool circuit, in my opinion. It's probably one of my favorite circuits for sure, just with elevation changes, just with the uh, a little bit unpredictable weather. Um, I, I love that circuit. As for the tire what, what do you mean exactly if the wet tire is going to still play a role uh, like if the race through. is too wet and you need the wet tire they're virtually like stopping the race and and using the safety car to go around and then as soon as the the track was dry enough everybody just went into the pit lane immediately and jumped on the inners because it's a faster tire so really mm-hmm. what's the wet tire for besides driving behind the safety car true true um Good question in that, uh, especially what you mentioned, the tragedies that recently happened, the recent years especially, and, and I think, what was that, last year, the year before, where, where basically it rained the whole the whole time and essentially the race was canceled and it just did one lap uh, under a safety car with half points. That was ridiculous. What was the point of even doing that? You know, you could just finish at the pit lane and no race at all. Um, I hope the wet tire stays. Um, I still think it has a key role to play in it. Um, safety speaking, I get it. Every you know, every human life is valuable. Every racer life is valuable. They're risking their lives out there. At the same time, these drivers are, as, as you put it, 20 of the best uh, world drivers in the world. Uh, they know the risks. You know, if, if it's like downpouring rain, yeah, you know, safety car or, or stop the race for a little bit. But if it's raining give give it give us some time to race you know try it out and and see what happens see how the drivers feel and get their feedback so uh in short i hope that tire stays and i hope uh we see it a little bit more when when it rains and it's just not a safety car and not a stop race not a red flag was it just me or did you hope it rained on race day like when it started to spit a little bit 
I hoped it rained on race day. It would have been classic spa. Uh, but at the same time, it was a little bit like, I hope it doesn't rain too much because I don't want a red flag for like an hour and a half and only half an hour racing. So yeah, that was honestly speaking, that was a little bit disappointing that it didn't rain in my in my eyes. I get you. I'm with you on that 100%. I think I was doing a little bit of a rain dance. And I remember them saying, I don't remember if it was to Lando or if it was to Hamilton, but I remember someone getting on the team radio saying that like at the other end of the track, that it's starting to spit a little. And like, because Spa is so big, it's like a geographical footprint is huge, right? It's seven kilometers long, longest course on the uh, the calendar. It's 100 meters and change in elevation from, from all the way around, right? I, I just thought it was very interesting to see all of them. And at that exact time, a lot of the um, the drivers and teams running a certain um, tire strategy were just pitting for softs. And that's when they got the notice to rain. And I was doing every rain dance in my chair that I possibly could to get it to rain. Cause I think that would have just, it would have put a buckle into the, the race that we needed to see just for some entertainment value. Cause yeah. Max was in the lead by, I think 18 seconds by this point. And it was just, you know, it is what it is. Um, okay. Question then to you, big crash taking out our homeboy Oscar Piastri in the first corner by Carlos Sainz. You saw that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on whether or not Carlos had an opportunity to get out of that? Like, do you think it was not intentional, but do you think he was at fault? No, I don't think he's at fault. Um, yeah, he maybe went a little bit too close to Piastri, but I, I believe he had a, a car beside him as well. And it could have been avoided, but I think it was just a racing incident, uh, to tell you the truth. I, it definitely was not intentional. It just maybe he didn't check his mirrors. Maybe Piastri expect him not to do that. So I'm, I'm just going to say it's, it's a racing incident and um, it was unintentional. I think he did fuck up. I, there was enough Why? Like when I looked, I don't, when I looked at it, they had like an overview with a vertical on it and like, you're hundred percent right. There was someone else. I can't remember who it was, but on the outside. So like he did have to pull into the inside, but like he went over a whole other lane. And so like, I'd argue that if he didn't go over as far, Oscar wouldn't have got pushed into the, the corner there on turn one. That being said, do you think Oscar could have pulled back a little bit? Or do you think he was too deep into that corner already to, to pull out of it? Cause like that to me, <laughs> unfortunately it was the first corner of the first lap, but that was one of the most interesting parts about this race. Yeah. Um, obviously it's hard to say we're, we're obviously not at the driver's seat. So you could speculate, yeah, he had time or no, he was already too far gone. Um, I think he took the risk. He yes, he probably could have uh, pulled back, but I think he took a calculated risk and, it did not pay off, um, and it and what happened happened, and um, racing incident. He, he, you know, it was either going to pay off or it's going to fuck his race up, and unfortunately, fucked his race up. So, speaking of McLaren and pulling off moves, what do you think about McLaren and their downforce choice this weekend? It wasn't bad. <laughs> to put it, uh, I, I think it was it was it was pretty decent. Um, they did a decent job. They had the the speed. Uh, they were pretty good in in um, in corners. Um, I think I think overall was a a decent setup under downforce. Why? What, what do you think? Because uh, I 
to me, they made a gamble. Like they picked a higher downforce car for this weekend, assuming it was going to rain. And they weren't wrong. Like if you looked at all the, the weather forecast for it, they were predicting rain for race day. And when you saw them in the sprint race, when it was raining, they murdered it. They were absolutely fantastic. But then like I watched Lando like fall down the order the entire time. And like he was, he wasn't giving up any spots. Like he was fighting everyone on the way by. But as soon as it started to rain a little bit, then you see Lando's lap times increase exponentially. Like he was in his own class. And so Mm -hmm. like, I think they rolled the risk on it and like put a high downforce car because like it did appear much better, especially on the Saturday in the sprint quality and in the sprint race, it, it played out for them and they took the gamble and I don't think it paid off. If it did rain, I think they would have looked like fucking rock stars, dude. I think they would have absolutely smashed it because they had a really good chance at winning. If that, if that strategy played out, that being said, what did you think of everybody's play based on what the sprint race weekend looks like? So because Friday is the quality for Sunday, they really only had FP1. And FP1, if you watched it, got totally pooched. They only had 30 minutes of FP1, which means they have no data for Saturday's sprint shootout. They have no data for the Saturday sprint which means they have very little data for Sunday because it was dry. Do you think that the sprint race weekend style setup is conducive for the race on Sunday? I, me personally, I like the spring uh, race setup. Um, I hope there's actually a little bit more of them. It's a little bit of a variety. It's like we get a mini, like I think you said that as well, a mini Grand Prix before the actual GP um and i think we discussed this as well um they get you know they they have a they get a pretty good idea of how the cars are going to perform in the gp under what conditions um so i don't if your question is do you think it kind of takes away as well from the actual gp no it doesn't i think they continue to have more of those sprints and uh i honestly prefer the sprints and the sprint shootouts over qualities me personally i think that's a better uh data gathering tool as well okay so let's wrap that part up because i do want to talk about one team that stood out to me and i don't know if this is something to celebrate but ferrari actually pulling out a weekend where they made absolutely no mistakes what do you think ferrari's chances are at pulling off a decent constructor's title shot well obviously not a title shot because red bull's pretty much already got that in the bag but what do you think ferrari's chances are at like competing for that second shot because now you have aston martin you have mercedes and well now you have mclaren up in the mix do you think ferrari if they keep on the way they're going have a shot at it knowing ferrari no because it's ferrari (laughs) (laughs) just just to put it that way um Deep down, I, I wish that they would uh, have a shot, um, but I just don't see it. Yeah, this was one weekend where, where they didn't have any fuck-ups. Wow, like that's huge, impressive. You know, good job, Ferrari. Here's a gold star for you. You know, hopefully we get to see more of them. But uh, no, they're going to fuck it up, unfortunately. I, I don't wish that on Paul and them. I really hope they wouldn't. But from what history has shown us, 
there's a good chance that it is going to happen. That, those are my thoughts. What, if, what, what do you think in regards to that? You know what, Ferrari, I think if Ferrari makes the right management calls as far as strategy is concerned, I think they have a decent car. Like, I think that car is looking okay on different types of tracks, which is a very difficult thing to do. And I think they've achieved that. I think both of the drivers have settled into this car quite well, despite obviously Carlos bashing into Piastri on the first lap. Take that out of it. I think they were actually doing okay this weekend. And Chuckles the Buckles had a great race. Um, we saw Ferrari on the podium, which has been a long time since that happened. And I think that it's an opportunity for Ferrari to kind of come back strong. And and I would love to see them in the mix because at, at this point in the season, you know, Max and Red Bull have run away with it. It's already done. So ultimately what the fans and, and I'm watching for at least is that second place, right? Like that's where the, the action is as far as I'm concerned. And I'd love to see more people in the ring as far as that. Um, what do you think about... All right, let me ask you this. What was your favorite team radio call for this weekend? Because we had a couple of juicy ones. They were actually pretty good. And I think Max and GP fucking lit it up. What was your favorite Max quote for the weekend? Let me- <laughs> I, I, w- I was going to say that when, when Max went at it with his uh, race engineer. They're like an old, basically, as I'm pretty sure as Christian Horner said, they're basically like an old married couple, you know. Um, I, I found out pretty, pretty funny and entertaining because you don't, you hear Max like that bickering and arguing. So that was that was my uh, favorite call. I think from my understanding, GP and Max have been like, that's his only race engineer since he started racing. Yeah. Like they have one of these like, yeah, Christian's right. I think it's more like, I, it's definitely a funny relationship. I don't know if it's an old married couple. I think it's more of like a brotherly thing, like an older brother, like they're talking shit, but like ultimately they know that like they have each other's best interests at heart. And I thought it was kind of entertaining that like they were going back and forth, and like you know when Max almost got out in in um, in quality or sprint shootout when he almost got out, he was like one tenth of a second away from from being out in in um, SQ one. I think that it was, you know, GP came back on the radio and was like, "That's why I told you to do that, Max. And if you listen to me, we wouldn't be in this situation. And now you have to do it." And you know, there's a, another. Well, obviously, and then he he had the other time where he was asking him to come in and pit and or no to slow down on the tires. That's what he was asking yeah. him to do. He's like, yeah, ease up a little bit on the tires. We need to make these last to the end of the race. And he didn't. And then Max was like, you know what? Should I speed up and just give uh, these guys another shot at another pit stop? Do a little pit stop training. How fucking cheeky is that? Like how yeah. much he's, he doesn't even seem phased. Like, he's not out of breath. He's not anything. He's talking like you and I are right now, which is blowing my mind, where all these other guys are still trying, still racing, and he's so far ahead that he has time to think of jokes and other things, side quests that he has going on in the race. And that, to me, just exemplifies how far ahead Red Bull is from everybody else, which brings me to my next point. This week, I heard that the FIA was introducing an ability for the teams to test each other's engines. And if an engine is plus minus 3% away from the other fastest engine by the same manufacturer, that they are allowed to get information about it. What are your thoughts on like engine homogenization? No. Um, 
I, I read that article about it as well. Um, it, it rewards, you know, quote unquote, shittier teams. If, if let's say Red Bull has the dominant engine, or I think Red Bull's engine supplier is Ford, I think right now. If, Honda, if Honda. They have. Is it Honda? I thought it was Ford. No, Red Bull's got Honda. There's no Ford yet. Really? Anyways, Promise. Um, I thought that partnership was discontinued. Anyways, um, if let's say you know Red Bull has the better engine, which is Honda, and you know Haas has a Ferrari engine and it's shittier or slower, uh, you know by that margin, I don't think they should have access to uh, to look at the data and what's different. Um, that's that's rewarding the worse team. I think there's I just it's it's not going to be fair to the top teams. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it more equal um but it, it's gonna be become kind of like a nascar style sport and it, it's gonna become a little bit boring i think in my eyes everything's gonna be too much the same you know they're gonna start introducing or they are, are talking about it you know some cars sharing the same aero parts or, or same designs again in cost cutting caps and all that stuff it's they're talking about innovation innovation and everything's going to become so similar that it's not from my eyes, it's not going to be interesting to watch it as a sport anymore. I have mixed feelings about it. I'm with you on that. I think that there's an opportunity for the FIA to bring the sport back to close up that pack a little bit. Like I get what they're trying to do. And I know that's what you're mentioning. Like we understand the concept of what they're trying to do. And you're right. I think they're trying to bring in some aero parts. I know they're trying to bring in some brake ducting and stuff like that to make that like, you know, the same for everybody. Um, across the grid and that's to help with the dirty air and all that kind of stuff and i get that and i think that you know there's a there's currently a lot of parts on the car that are um you know synonymous around around the grid but i think you know to not reward teams for trying to be better you're just going to stop the innovation yeah. like no one's going to want to be better because if you get better then that you know the guy who's behind you not doing any work is just going to you know leech off everything that you've done as far as getting better, getting faster, working harder. And they're just going to be like, let's just wait for them to get better so that we get their information and data and figure out how to make these upgrades in order to compete. And I just think that that's going to crush the innovation at the expense of the sport long term. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, you know, there's a lot of other parts. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts of this, every pun intended on that. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to building a car. And I think that the engine's just one of them. There's going to be a lot of things. You know, the aero package is another huge portion of it. And, and just understanding that, like, the cars are going to be different. Like, you have the same engine manufacturers for many of these teams, and there's still a huge gap in that. So it's taking everybody with an apples to apples and seeing what they can do to make that better. And if you're not going to reward the best guys, then like, why? Why bother? What are we doing here? We might as well just go to a spec car series, like you said, with um, with the Indy or something like that, right? And yep. and there's room for that in motorsport. I think that you know spec cars are fine, but that's not what Formula One is. It's not what it has been, and I don't think that's where it should go. Um, okay, so I guess my next question for you is, what do you think is going to happen for the summer break? As far as Alpine is concerned, they've made a couple of big moves. I don't know if you're aware with that. I'm assuming you are aware of what Alpine's been popping off. Um, and do you think Alpine is going to make some moves for picking up or replacing any of the guys that they have canned over the last couple of weeks? It's so hard to say 
what the fuck is going on at Alpine because it's such a fucking mess and it has been a mess since, you know, it was Renault as well. Um, their 100, 100 race plan or something like that. Uh, when Cyril was there, uh, then Prost was there, then Otmar was there and they don't have a concrete answer to what that plan is. And everything's in the air right now. So yeah, I, I think it's going to get you know they're gonna get replaced by someone, um, but I, I don't know what they're like. Almost Ferrari number two in in a, in a shittier way. They're they're firing all their top top guys, and no one they don't even know their own plan or their own strategy. In my eyes, they have two good talented drivers right now. That's what they have going for them. They have a a pretty decent car, but they have no plan. But what uh, no, a waste! No long, yeah, what a waste! A very big waste. Yes, like those are yeah. two super solid drivers. Are they? You know, forever legacy rock star drivers like a Max Verstappen, like a Lewis Hamilton? No. But are they very competitive, top-of-the-grid drivers in the absolute shittiest car on the grid? Hands down. And I think that's yep. such a waste of talent. And, I, you know, I, I would argue that those two are one of the most – or the two of the most understated drivers on the grid, and they happen to both be with the shittiest team. And I, it's too bad because I think Alpine, you know, has a good – shtick going for them right now with the whole ryan reynolds thing getting bought out getting a little bit of you know social clout do you think maybe this is part of that like part of like just like a whole rebrand regroup like let's start from the bottom like a you know like a hockey team like a football team when it's time to just like you know we're redoing this again let's let's have a you know a few years as a rebuild phase good uh good question um you know, I haven't thought about that, but uh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds stepping in and buying a big share, uh, yeah, that could have something to do with it. Maybe he wants to bring in his own people or had a say maybe in regards to something like that. Um, but again, it's so wasteful what's what's happening right now. Um, they have no clear plan, no clear goal, and who knows what's going to happen. And it sucks to see Ocon and, and Gasly right now in that team because like you said there's they're, they're talented drivers they they have a lot to offer and it's a mess right now there so i'm not too sure where it's gonna go it's either gonna pick up and and go forward or it's gonna start falling back down again okay brings me to my next point what do you think is happening in with Checo? Like, is this his comeback? Like, is he done his full rebound? Are we are we looking at the Checo that we needed to see all year? Or do you think his seat's still up for grabs at the end of the year? Because we talked about that on the last couple of podcasts because he's been pulling up duds for a bunch. He's redeemed himself in the last, let's call it race and a half or whatever you want to call this. He's definitely made some moves, lands on the pole. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing okay. He's doing everything he needs to do. Do you think Red Bull is still making moves towards replacing him because it looked very much like that especially when they put danny rick into that um alpha tower seat i i was gonna say too early to tell yet but i'm pretty sure checo still has not proved himself so yeah for the time being i still think they're keeping their options open uh considering what we both know you know from red bull and alpha Tari, how they work they're, they're still keeping their options open, and the Checo's fate is not set in stone yet. But if he performs shitty or not up to their expectations, 
yeah, 100%. He's going to get replaced. Uh, not sure by who yet. No, no one is. But uh, these next, you know, after summer break, he needs to come back strong and, and be willing to, you know, to at least try to challenge Max, you know, try to um, not really follow team orders, I guess, if he has a chance. He kind of has to be his own man and just, and just go for it. Because uh, if he keeps on repeating the same shit that has been going on, you know, he's going to be out of a seat. Simple as that. that. That's that's my opinion. Do you think that those guys are racing the same car? Do you think Max and Checo are racing the same car? Because I know that Christian Horner has been saying it very loudly that like, oh, they're in the same car. They're in the same car. And now that Checo's not crashing or like, you know, pulling up bullshit and he's actually staying on track for the whole race and Max is 30 seconds out in front. Do you really think that they're both in the same car? Because I don't. I had doubts that they might not be in the same car, but one key moment of this GP erased those doubts, and that's when Max was gaining on Checo in the last corner, I think, before he overtook Checo. You could just, and it was a view from, I think, from the cockpit or his helmet cam or something, just the way he was breaking later, taking the corner earlier, and how he was just catching Checo. I knew Max was a talented driver, but when I saw that firsthand, I was like, holy shit. That's when it really set into me personally. I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's some fucking major skill. Just the way he was, he caught up to Checo just like that, you know? And yeah, and and it erased literally that moment, erased all doubts. They're in the same car. Max has the skill, and Checo doesn't have that skill yet. It's not on par. Now, my question to you is, why do you think they're not in the same car? For the exact same reason you did. I think that there's no way that Max Verstappen is a second and a quarter faster per lap. It's just not happening. Like, I don't remember exactly when, and I don't have the data in front of me, but when Max passed Checo, it was probably, what, a third of the way through the race? Yeah. Okay, at 70 laps, let's call it, you know, 30, uh, no, let's call it 22, 25 laps into the race is when Max passes Checo. So from there till the end, let's call it another 30, 30 laps for round numbers. Do you think he's putting in a second a lap faster than Checo on pure skill alone? A second. That's a lot, man. That That's a lot. And that's, that's a fair point. Um, like, I, I don't just know. don't, Wait. yeah, like, I, Okay, so Max is running at 100 and Checo's running at 90, let's say just in driver skill, right? I don't know if that 10% difference is a second a lap though. Like I think there's something going on with his car. Like do you think that it was like a setup that they dialed in or they have something that's just like – I just personally as a blanket statement, I, I honestly don't think that Checo and Max are in the same car. I think Max has got something going on there. That is helping him just stay in the lead. And I think if Checo jumped into Max's car, do the old blindfold switcheroo, I think Checo would be showing up to bat a little bit faster. If he knew how to drive the car, it might be, you know, totally positioned and, and fitted for Max. But like, I I just, I can't, I have a hard time believing that Checo and Max are in the exact same car for that reason. You know what? It, it, it very much could be. Um Another another thought process of mine is, especially when you see them both, you know, when, when Max overtook Checo, it seemed like 
Checo's running, let's say, at 85% power and Max is running at a full 100%. It's almost like Checo's car is, for the exact same reason, it's like almost like detuned. Like Max's car is yeah. tuned to go faster. And I know, you know, I noticed that too, not just this race, but previous races, just the way he accelerates. It's almost like, you know, when you're playing a video game, you, cl- you hit nitrous or a boost and he just yeah. gets that speed boost. And it's like, to me, I can't wrap my brain and my head around that. Something to me seems off in regards to that as well. And I, I do remember, I'm not sure if you saw an article, uh, one of the teams, um, I think, submitted a request to the FIA to basically investigate Red Bull. Because uh, specifically, I think, Max's car, just because how fast it is and how it dominates everyone else. So I don't know what they're going to do, uh, if they're going to investigate or not, but you know, things might get pretty spicy. I, I agree. And I can't remember where I saw or read that, but I can imagine that, you know, all the teams are kind of asking the same question. Cause I know Mercedes, I know Toto is probably losing his mind right now being like, how, how are they just that much better? Which is fine. And, and honestly, I don't think Red Bull's cheating. I don't think that that's, they have a, an ACE in their pocket and that's called Adrian Newey. And he's been doing this for a long fucking time. And he has been the best for a long time. And I think he just has the gift. And I don't think that, you know, my question is whether or not Max is dominating because of his skill. I just think his car is better than Checo's, which brings me to my next point. Do you think if someone like Oscar Piastri had a chance or do you think if Red Bull had a chance to pick up someone like Oscar Piastri that they would do it? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know much about Oscar for the time being the last few races. He, he performed really, really well and definitely stood out as well. Um, I know you mentioned it. They, they kind of wanted to pick him up early days and they passed him because, uh, because of Checo and, you know, they might be kicking themselves in the foot. Um, Red Bull, Red Bull knows what they're doing. Um, I don't think they made a mistake with with Piastri. I think for the time being, they they saw Checo as a better option, better fit, and that's who they went with. But if Checo ends up leaving or gets kicked out, and they put Piastri in the seat, um, things could be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, because he's he's as you said, he's kind of cool-headed and calm and he could get on max's nerve if if he has that that drive and that passion to win and and succeed so i think he would be a disruptor i I think he would be that disruptor like that kid who's like you know just fast enough he's so early on in his career that i don't think he has he doesn't have that i'm going to be a second seat for the rest of my career kind of attitude and I think he's fast enough with a big enough skill set that if he got into that Red Bull car, that I would love to see what kind of pressure he put on Max. And even Lewis said over the the weekend in an interview after the race, said like, yeah, I'd love to be in a Red Bull. I'd love to be in that car. And I promise you that Max would not be having as much fun if I was in Checo's seat. And I love that quote because, you know what, I don't think he's wrong. I think if somebody else got in that seat, that that would, you know, cause problems at Red Bull. Um, and... Fortunately or unfortunately for Red Bull, they are stuck with Max until 2028. So they put all their eggs in one basket. Like they bet their entire franchise on that kid. And I don't think that they're going to be willing to disrupt that. Um, Even to get the next generation driver, 
because I think that Piastri is going to be that next generation driver because deep down inside, I honestly think that like Max is going to get sick of winning. I think he loves motorsport as a whole. And I think much like, you know, Fernando Alonso did, he's going to retire after a couple of championships, just like Fernando did. He's going to jump into Le Mans. He's going to jump into, you know, other GP categories. And he's going to do these like, you know, 24 hour drives or, you know, one week drives across Africa and all that crazy shit that that Fernando Alonso did because he loves motorsport through and through. And I just think that there's an opportunity there for for Red Bull to kind of hedge their bets a little bit because they got everything in the Max Verstappen bin. Like they are all in there. And I think if he ends up departing early that they don't have a second shot. There's like, what do you think? Checo is going to step up to bat and be the best driver. Look what's happened right now. If there was no Max Verstappen, do you think Red Bull would be where they are? Nope. Not a chance in hell. Nope. Not a fucking chance nope. in hell. Uh, the the thing is, though, uh, I think Max said that too, or Fernando even said it. Uh, it's it's great that he, Max keeps on winning, and and you know, but I think at the same time, he's gonna start that fire, that passion is gonna start slowly burning out because there's no challenge for him. So being a minute or or being thirty seconds ahead of the second guy. You know, cool once, twice, three times, four times. But if you keep doing this year after year, I'm sorry. Like, I would get tired of this. Where's the challenge, you know? Um, but the flip side of the coin is if, you know, let's say Max would be in Checo's position and he's struggling, the same fire, the same passion would probably burn out as well because you can't keep up. You know, you might be doing everything you can to keep up or, or beat your teammate. And you just you just can't get it together, whether it's your skill or your car, um, you know. And that's debatable. You know, his flame might go out as well, or it might ignite him more, and just wants to continue pushing it on. But uh, for Max, it's it's a scary um, scary position to be in for the time being. It's 2023, and he has another five years with Red Bull. And five years continue going that way, man. Like he's just gonna get tired. And I think once he gets tired. He's either probably going to retire because, I mean, you're at Red Bull. You're at the top team. Where are you going to go? You're not going to go to – probably not going to go to, you know, uh, Ferrari or Mercedes or, or some other team because why would you, right? You're at the top team. So, I don't know. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see, to see what happens. And, uh, you know, may, maybe he likes winning all these races and having no challenge, but who would, you know, eventually would get tired and, and you want a challenge. It's have, it's like having a cheat code every race. First, 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 first. I'm with you on that. You know what? I'm going to ask you this then. What, who do you think coming after the summer break, what team or driver do you think is the one to watch going forward? Like let's take Max and Red Bull out of this. We assume that they've won it. They're going to keep winning it. Who do you think? is going to be the, the hot shots coming out of the summer break? Um, I was going to say Checo. Uh, it would be a guy to watch for. But if we're taking Red Bull out, McLaren. McLaren, I would say, and McLaren, both Lando and Piastri, those are the two guys to watch out for. They, they're, they've been just on their game lately. I think uh, there's going to be more interesting things coming from them. And... Uh, you know, hopefully more podiums from both of them. Uh, another another guy, you know, Danny Rick. I, I would want to see him back on the podium. And, you know, last race wasn't the greatest race for him. But the race before that, like, he was, he did pretty well. You know, he beat Yuki. Um, so those, those would be my picks. Question for you. 
Lando Norris or Oscar Piastri? If I told you who's the best driver or who's the one to watch out of McLaren. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't like either of them at first. Um, no way. <laughs> yeah. Who, who would have thought? You've openly um, hated on those guys for the entire season. Um, but now with time, I, I got to like Lando as a driver and, and his skill. Uh, Piastri, I seen his skill. I still don't really like him as a driver. So I'm going to go with Lando just for that reason. All right. And what do you think about Aston Martin? Like, are they just gone? Because we were talking about Aston Martin every single podcast because every single race they were surprising us, bringing us absolute fire race after race. You know, Alonzo saying that, like, oh, we're going to be on the podium for the rest of the season. He got pretty quiet. Aston Martin got even quieter. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they're coming back? They're still in the points. So let's give them that, first of all. Um, Could they do better? Fuck yeah, they could do better. Why did it go quiet? I think they just made um, some wrong moves in regards to upgrades. Because at first, the car seemed so much more competitive. And and after those upgrades, it kind of went downhill. Um, We both know it's not the drivers. You know, Fernando has tons of experience. Uh, Stroll, you know, he's been doing decent, I'd say. Um, The cars are just not really competitive anymore and i don't know if it's if it's not if they're not tuned properly or they need some some adjustments but they're just not really competing with the rest of the grid yeah they're still in the points but just barely i think they were coming in pretty hot i think after you know at the start of the season they had spent a ton of money and a lot of time coming up with this car and i think it it was fantastic i personally just don't think that they've been bringing the upgrades necessary Everybody else is taking two steps ahead every race, and they're only taking one. And eventually, that gap becomes much more obvious. And I think that's what we're seeing now is that obvious gap where everybody else and like, look at the leaps and bounds McLaren's made in the last three races. Unbelievable. And if everything remains constant, I think McLaren's going to surpass Aston Martin. I think Ferrari's absolutely in the mix. And... I'd love to see Danny Rick do some great things and really compete against Yuki coming out of the uh, the summer break. Um, but I am going to wrap it up here. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we enter the summer break? And don't worry, everybody. We will still be putting out podcasts. We're going to have our homeboy Ed back. He's going to be yamming on about God knows what because I know his heart palpitations are, are coming back strong. So we'll uh, we'll figure out a topic and get somebody talking on that. But uh, did you have anything you wanted to mention, Thomas, before we wrap this ditty up? Tears for trophies, episode two. A second oh, trophy for oh, no. breaks again. Like, come on, what what kind of luck for Red Bull is that? Is it luck, or is it, or is it just the fact that they have so many goddamn trophies that they actually just don't care anymore? That they're just like, Probably. whatever, we don't even care. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when you have like a pair of shoes. It's just like, I got so many pairs of shoes. I don't care if I step in the mud anymore. It's just like, I got more, I got more, I got more. And they know they got more be. coming. It's like, it could be, yeah, it's like, oh, I won an Emmy. All right, this one broke. No problem. I'll have one next week. You know, yeah. I think you, it's getting to that point. Did you shed any tears for this trophy? Actually, no. I found this one pretty funny, actually. I found I the funny have. that Max's, Max's reaction. He's like, come on, another one? <laughs> <laughs> that that was pretty funny. 
And that's how I think you should have reacted to the first one. But you got so ass hurt, dude. It blew my mind. However, on the nope. flip side, I did not first laugh was any different. harder. The first one was different because we had 70 nuns with their really small hands painting this goddamn tr- Let's not, You know what? No, I'm shutting this down here before we get talking about it. Thank you, everybody, for anyone who's still listening. I appreciate it. If there's any teams out there still listening, we'll take keychains. We'll take shitty Alfa Romeo hats. We'll take whatever the hell anyone's willing to give us. Um, thank you. You can find us on, you know, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, Apple music, you know, wherever you can find your podcast. If you're listening to this, YouTube. you know how to find us anyway. YouTube. Yeah. Don't forget the YouTube channel. Also, the link is in the description, but please hit up the discord. Don't forget to like subscribe, follow, give us a five-star rating, all that good stuff. You know what it is. Shout out to my homeboys. We got Ed doing this thing and we got, um, Walker all the way out in Austria, wishing him safe travels. Thomas in the bunker. Love you, buddy. Ciao, my man. See ya. Good one.